Good evening from Plug Hit Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 499 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, uh, for May 20th, 2018. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, Samsung might have lost their edge. Microsoft is trying new things, and YouTube rebrands their services. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, on our live stream platforms, of which there are a lot. Let's go through them real quick. It's live stream, Mixer, Periscope, Twitch, YouTube Live, and Facebook Live, or uh, through subscription on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music Podcasts, the Podcast Play app in the Windows Store, or the myriad of other podcatchers. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Um, this here is F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, the flagship show and the Plug Hits Live family of content. We are live Sunday nights at about 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, and we go for about an hour. We will talk about the uh, tech news of the week. Um, there are two ways that you can join us. The first is live uh, at, on Sunday night by going to f5live.tv slash join us. There uh, you can chat with us in the chat room. The chats that we can see easily tonight are Mixer, Twitch, and YouTube. So if you want to chat with us, those are your best way, best ways to do it tonight. Um, if you're not able to join us live, that is okay. You can also subscribe to this and all of our other shows by going to pluckhitslive.com slash subscribe. There you will see all of our series, including F5 Live and The Pilch Point, which will be on in just a little bit with a bit of a new focus, which we're all very excited about. And um, our other series as well, including uh, Special Events, which is about to become really active, and so is First Looks. So uh, definitely subscribe to those as well. And with that, I think uh, I think that's it. Avram, how have you been? It's been a while. Oh, very, very busy. Very busy with the new job. Um, you know, taken uh, over as editor-in-chief of Tom's Hardware. Just a lot of things that we want to get done and I want to get done and not enough hours in the day uh, to, to do them all. Working with our writers to try and make the site, um, to try and improve the editorial on the site, assigning some new stuff to new writers, interviewing people for some open jobs, um, you know, writing some things myself. It's, uh, it's been busy, but busy is good. You know, I just wish I had, I always wish I had more hours in the day to, to do things, sure. but, uh, but, uh, it's, it's been very busy and I rather this than the opposite. So, um, you know, preparing, uh, feverishly for, uh, Computex, that's going to be a much bigger deal for me this year than ever before because I'm, you know, this is my opportunity and my new role to meet with a lot of companies that I haven't spent a lot of time with or any time with before because we have much more of a component focus on Tom's hardware than I did on, on laptops. So, you know, some of the, the RAM vendors and you know, cooling vendors that I spent a little time with or not much time with or no time with. Now I've got to come and I got to, to meet with them and, you know, really uh, work on the, you know, sure. on, uh, uh, on that coverage and all those, on those relationships. So, uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be busy. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a time. <laughs> for those who uh who don't necessarily follow 
everybody's event schedule. When is Computex this year? So Computex is later this year than in prior years. Okay. Uh, I will I will be leaving on Friday, June first. But uh, I mean, leaving to go there on Friday, June first. But for as far as the coverage goes and the show goes, uh, people can expect news to start on that following Monday, which is the fourth. Okay. Yes. So the fourth is the press day. So I expect that we'll have lots of news on the fourth, and then, and then on the fifth uh, is the first official day of the show. Got it. All right. Very cool. So that means that uh, on the third, yeah, on the third I'm going to be in Taiwan. I I will have a guest co-host. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you, you you definitely should because we're twelve hours ahead, so I'd have to call in at nine in the morning, which which would be the beginning, had, which would be the beginning, beginning of, of press, press day. day. Yeah, yeah, it's the beginning of press day. That's so no good. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of time to spare that morning. That is okay. Uh, what so, is morning for me is is evening for you. Yes, or will be. Um, so that that week, folks, we will have a uh, guest host. Sitting here, hopefully. Um, if I had to take a guess, I probably know who I'm going to ask, but we will figure that out <laughs> in the near future. Um, for those of you who uh, who follow us on social media, uh, you may have noticed I posted a picture a little while ago. Um, we made some changes here in the studio, which I'm very excited about. From where I'm sitting now, I can see the show topics. I can see Avram and the chat room all in front of me without having to uh, to look over to the side. For, for those who are regulars, you might have noticed that for a long time, like I look off in weird directions to look at Avram when he's talking. That's not going to have to be the case anymore because he's now right in front of me. I'm very happy about that. Because during the pilch point in particular, it's very strange because I look to my left, but you're over to my right in the video. So... That has always looked strange. So I get to look straight ahead and I can keep an eye on Abram the whole time, which is fantastic. Yeah. I can't make any strange faces and you not see. That's true. That's true. I will definitely see it. I don't expect you to stop doing weird things if you've been doing them. <laughs> but at least I'll know about it before editing it uh, later in the evening. <laughs> anyway... Um, I think that's about it. How about we get down to some news? Yeah. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Right now, you can save $200 on uh, select Surface Pro uh, models and... Um, a lot more. Um, in fact, a product that we're going to be talking about in the gaming section later is uh, already listed on the site. The uh, the new Xbox adaptive controller. We'll talk about that during gaming. You can get the Surface Book 2. Right now, if you buy an Xbox One X, you get an extra um, controller for free, which is a pretty great deal. Um, but that's not all. There's all kinds of other things that are available through the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for an Xbox One or a Surface Laptop, of course they have that. But there's also things like the Fitbit Versa and the, uh, the Samsung Galaxy S9. 
Uh, all of that and more are available by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So, speaking of Samsung, <laughs> let's talk about an interesting uh, trend that we've started to see from them, uh, particularly this generation of devices. Um, 2018 has been a little rough for, uh, for people who are excited about getting updates, uh, people who are per perhaps annoyed by the incredible length of time between an Android update and the time that a Samsung flagship device gets said update and yep. and therefore troll the message boards waiting for the moment that Samsung announces that Oreo is available for your Galaxy S8 for example or this week finally the Galaxy S7 and 7 Edge months after it was made available to the public you troll the boards you wait for that moment, you go do the update, and your phone starts randomly restarting because there's a problem with the update. This week, it was the Galaxy S7 and 7 Edge. In uh, February, I believe, it was the S8, S8 Plus, and the T-Mobile variant of the Note 8. Uh, all five of these devices if you were one of those who was excited to finally get the update and you were out there hitting refresh, waiting for them to publish it, and you got it within the first 24 hours, you got to experience uh, random restarts on your phone uh, that kind of made the phone uh, almost impossible to use, which obviously is no good, <laughs> especially for somebody who, who loves Samsung enough to be out there with the flagship device and spend that kind of money uh, it's almost certainly your primary device. I'm probably one of the oddballs who has an S8 Plus, and it's not my primary device. Um, but I still haven't received the Oreo update. My phone keeps telling me 7's the best I can get. So when, when you combine all of that weirdness together and then think back about the issues that they had with the Note 7 um, last generation... And then Avram's personal experience with one of their washing machines. And the fact that that laptop mag rated them number nine on the on the laptop showdown. I think it's time for Samsung to take a good hard look at what they're working on. They were tied for last. Right. Um, that's that's no good. But, you know, each division is separate. You know, just because Cherie wrote a, a wonderful editorial yeah. saying it's time for Samsung to hang up their spurs in the laptop division, yeah. we're not saying that Samsung needs yeah, to get I out of electronics. But it's I think they should continue with phones. Absolutely, uh, but it's all in TVs for sure. For sure, that's that's kind of those two are how they keep their lights on. But I I think maybe they need to. Stop putting all of their focus on hitting a deadline with their new devices and start supporting the people who love them already. Here's the thing, though. Hitting a deadline, like, when did Oreo come out? The fall? And people are getting it now in, mm -hmm. like, the spring? Yeah. I would hardly call that much of a deadline. I mean... 
for they, sure. I think I think what they're try- what at least part of their problem is is they put a lot of their time into the ten right now, and everybody in the in the mobile division is worried about the GS ten, and nobody is worried about supporting the eight, the seven, the nine. Um, so how do, I mean, obviously that, see, here's the thing, right? And, and this has been a problem since the beginning of Android. So where are we talking like 10 years now? Mm-hmm. Yep. Something like that. Very Something close. Like that. I think the first, the first major Android device was like on nine, right? I mean, that's when you got the, 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 the Motorola droid. Yeah. I believe. Cause the, right? the, so, the G, the G one came out in like, oh, Late oh seven, early oh eight, but the G they sold like a hundred and fifty of them. Like, <laughs> you're right. When the right. Motorola Droid, when Verizon got on board, that was kind of the the beginning of. That was the turning point for yeah. me. Like, uh, for I, sure. Uh, so since ever since the you know so whatever you want to say nine or ten years now that they've been doing this, the problem has always been that Android. This I, it really makes you appreciate what Microsoft does. Because Microsoft is able to come out with Windows updates on a fairly regular basis, and they work across you know a, a million billion possible combinations of hardware. Uh huh. You could make your own PC with your own Wi-Fi card and your own and your, your own, own unique combination. Bizarre combination of hardware configurations. And Windows update will work. Yeah. But. For Android, and I don't really understand why it can't be this way. They don't have a model like that mm-hmm. where where Google can just push out an update to everybody who, who uses Android. So now you're reliant on the indivi- on the kindness of the individual manufacturers uh-huh. who have no incentive whatsoever to upgrade you. Mm-hmm. Like. What is their incentive to, to do it? Like they're almost they an- have your money. They're almost anti-incented because right. if they stop supporting the nines out now, which if you've got a seven, you're probably eligible for an upgrade now or soon. So they're kind of anti-incented from from supporting the seven for sure. Yeah, I mean they're they're also. It's work. It costs them money to do. Mm-hmm. They can end up with embarrassing situations like this one, where right. they release a, a bogus an update that causes problems. Probably a certain chunk of their users wouldn't notice if they never did update them. So, like, you know, it's I don't know. I mean, like, I I get it. Like, I want all the latest stuff. On the other hand, if you have a Samsung phone, the update isn't necessary. You don't necessarily notice a lot of differences. Because they still have their skin on top of it, right? So you're not really getting like if you have an, if you have a, a you know a, a Google a Google phone like going from seven to eight. Uh oh, Abram froze up. Um, I I think what what he was going to say is if you've got like a, a Pixel two and going from from seven to eight is a a big noticeable change. But when you've got like a Samsung device and they've got their skin on top of it, going from seven to eight isn't necessarily as noticeable. Hey, Abram's back. I see him moving again. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, always the time. So yeah, exactly. So you know, I mean, they're incentivized not to do it. I, I, I like that they're actually doing it. Um, you know, get it right. 
I mean, the the best persuasion for the best persuasion for 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 uh, Samsung is embarrassment. So if they embarrassed themselves and they got some negative headlines uh, because of a failed update, believe they be a little bit more careful next time. Uh, on the other hand, it really does make you make you worry that like maybe if they are maybe if you are seeing an update uh, come to you, maybe you should deny it for a few days and make sure. <laughs> before you read whether there's a problem or not. Yeah. Because if your phone is random, there's no, I don't think there's a rollback feature in Android, right? So like... Not without getting the, the Samsung Switch app and, and on your Windows or Mac and having to to f- manually roll back. I mean, I, I don't... I mean, is there like a, a good solution? Because I mean... There's not like a restore mode in the OS. I mean, if you've rooted your device, which obviously this is not a, about rooting, like right. there are ways to, to get an older version of the OS. But, you know, yeah, I mean, if your thing is randomly rebooting, that's that's really, really bad situation. Yeah. I had a phone. I had a phone like that. And by the way, it was a Samsung phone. Yeah. Uh, many years ago, uh, was it many years ago? I don't know, five, <laughs> six years ago, I had a... Uh, Six, seven, several years ago, I had a Samsung Stratosphere, right? It was okay. a piece of utter garbage. <laughs> the reason why I bought it was I loved the physical keyboard on my Motorola Droid. I really did. I didn't want to move on to a software keyboard, and I want, but I wanted a 4G phone because the Droid was 3G. Mm-hmm. So when the time came, the only 4G phone with a keyboard around was the Samsung Stratosphere. So, you know, it was a slider. It was, run, you know, mm-hmm. it was running the Android of its day. I forget what it was, three or four. Um, but the problem was it would randomly reboot itself, but only if you're in the middle of an important phone call. Oh, of course. If you were not in the middle of a call, it was fine. But <sighs> it was okay. I mean, I generally it wouldn't reboot itself, maybe once in a while, but... It would always wait till you're like, you know, maybe you had a job interview or I don't know what. You had some really important thing going on, uh, you know, years ago or whatever. And, and you, and, you know, maybe it was, you know, whatever it was, it would, uh, it, it would hang its, uh, it would, it would reboot itself in the middle of yeah. the call. So, so uh, that thing was an absolute terror. Uh, but, you know, bottom line, if your phone is rebooting itself, that's that's really bad. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, obviously, both uh, Avram and I are fans of Samsung and their hardware. Um, as as we've mentioned, we both have S8 Pluses. Um, interestingly, with very different. I have, yeah, I have an S8 regular. Oh, I thought you got the plus. Okay, well, we both have S8 something. No, I have regular. Uh, yeah. With interestingly different experiences, because I'm pretty sure Avram's gotten the update, and here I am six months later, I still don't have mine, but that's okay. Again, it's not my primary device, and I think, I'm not I that worried. I think it updated, it updated recently, but honestly, I didn't notice any difference in features at all. Uh, so we're not, obviously neither one of us are saying that, uh, <laughs> that Samsung should get out of the business, or that you should not consider a Samsung device. It's just... A little friendly reminder to Samsung that we're all watching. And 
sometimes yeah sometimes a little bit of embarrassment in uh in public can uh help motivate uh better behaviors and fingers crossed maybe that's what we'll get to see here maybe they'll pay more attention test their updates a little bit more before they put them out because none of us like to have a phone reboot randomly yep This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products. The headphones on my head right now, a variety of styles uh, from Monster, whether it be the uh, the entirely wireless in-ear elements, the full over-ear, the full cup style elements. Are you looking for something for sports, the iSport, something like that? Or you want a speaker from the little hotshot all the way up to the giant monster blaster. Uh, all of that, plus the power and cables to connect it, is available by going to pilchpoint.live slash monster. So, we have our first official episode here with Avram in his new position. And if you're watching live, you will have noticed that the animation was a little wrong. If you're not watching live, it won't be wrong. So, um, obviously the topics that we're going to get to talk about here are going to get to change a little bit. And uh, this week, I think we've got a really good one. Yeah, I mean, this is one that I might have talked about before. I, I would have talked about before, but... Um, uh, you know, we we're definitely trying. Obviously, we're we're targeting a more enthusiast audience uh, at my new job at Tom's Hardware. But uh, a lot of the things that we're doing and will do are things that should appeal to anyone who's using who's using technology, and certainly to all the the, the viewers of, and listeners of this show. So, you know, I obviously no matter how fast your computer is, I have news for you: the bottleneck is you. You are the slow. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. You're the weakest link. The uh, no matter you could have a, a Pentium, you could you could dig up, and you could dig up an old eighty eighty six machine out of the closet. You will be always be the slowest part of your computer because the computer's waiting for you. You know, it's waiting for your input. It waits for you to type things. It waits for you to move the mouse. It is sitting there right now waiting for you to do something. So how do you speed up yourself? Because if you speed up yourself, you'll speed up your computer no matter what computer it is. So there's a few things that we I published an article about 13 ways to speed up yourself on, uh, on tomshardware.com. You can find it if you go to the homepage and hit the little scroll button through the carousel, you'll see it there. Um, and there's a few things. Uh, there's a few things that are really important, and some are obvious. Some I'm sure the audience will already be doing, and some hopefully will be new to them. Uh, first of all, you got to set keyboard shortcuts for everything. Every every program that you launch, you should do with it. You should be able to launch with a keyboard shortcut, because every time you move the mouse across the screen and you double click on an icon, you are you're wasting precious milliseconds or seconds. It adds up, it really does. So 
what you should be doing is you should be um, as you should be creating uh, keyboard shortcuts for your favorite apps. If you want to launch Chrome, you should make it Control Alt C or something. If you want to launch Word, you should make it Control Alt W. Uh, you really want to try and fix it so that you are using the keyboard more and the mouse less. Because also, every time you have to use the mouse or the touchpad, you have to take your hands off of the key, off of the home row, unless you have a, a pointing stick, uh, like you might on a ThinkPad. But even then, you'll still be moving, doing extra moving of of the uh, of the pointer. So, in short, keyboard shortcuts. You got You got to assign keyboard shortcuts. Um, another thing that you should do is assign keyboard shortcuts not only to opening apps, but to things that you type frequently. Uh, there are a lot of ways, a lot of macro programs to do this. Uh, my favorite is is a is a scripting language called AutoHotKey. Uh, it's very easy. It's free and very easy to learn to use. If you check out my article, there's actually some instructions on how to use it. Um, but it, you know, with this uh, with AutoHotKey, you can you know if you type your address a lot, you can fix it so you hit a few keys and it types your whole address for you. If you um, if you need to go hit something on a menu and there's no shortcut for it within the app that you're in, for example, Photoshop Elements has no shortcut keyboard shortcut for crop. Very annoying if you're using that all the time and you need to crop things. You got to roll your mouse all the way up to a sub menu to do it. Well, you can use Auto Hotkey to to assign that to a key. Boom, you're done in like a few milliseconds as opposed to a couple seconds. That time adds up. Uh, in addition to that, uh, if you have the option of using a fingerprint reader or facial recognition to log into Windows, you should do that because that is faster than typing your password. Um, and let, even if you're a super fat, fast typist, it probably it, it will probably save you a couple good couple seconds every time you unlock. Uh, and, and that gets to another really basic point. If you're not a fast typist, if you're not a touch typist, you got to learn to type faster. That's one of the most important things you can do. Uh, there's a lot of great sites out there to teach you. Uh, one I like is called 10fastfingers.com, uh, but <laughs> whichever you use, uh, you got to learn. You got to learn how to type how to type faster. Uh, if you're not typing a good, you know, say 85 words per minute or higher, um, you know. On a good day, I can type over 100 words a minute. Uh, now, granted, when you're sitting there and you're thinking about what you're doing, like, oh, I got to compose this, you're not going to type at your highest speed because your your brain is working. But if you know that if you can type at 85 words a minute plus, that your brain is that your hands will be less of a bottleneck. Uh, obviously, you want to again. You want to find ways of not of scroll of using the mouse less, scroll less, click less. So one thing that is really obvious, but a lot of people don't realize is if there's a place on a web page that you need to go, and you know where it is, like a form that you always filled out, fell out, or a a word that you're looking for, hit Control F and start typing that word, right? Like. I have a form that I, a web app that I always have to fill out every day. I won't name names here, but it's a very poorly uh, designed app, a web app uh, where there's like 
20 different 25 fields and I only have to fill out three to 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 use it right to do what I need to so I could scroll you know use my scroll wheel and scroll three screens down to get to the field that I need to fill in or I could hit control F and start typing the name of the of the text that's in front of the field and I'm down there in like half a second so those are some things that you can do to really speed speed yourself up. Obviously, you want to also learn all of the keyboard, all the relevant Windows built-in keyboard shortcuts. Little things like hitting, uh, you know, like hitting Windows key plus arrow to, to dock your windows to the to the side of the screen uh, are really helpful. Uh, anything you can do to to use the keyboard. Finally, one thing, another thing that you really have to do is minimize distractions. Mm -hmm. Distractions are a big problem, uh, and I find they're a big problem for me. So, and, and the temptation to go do distracting stuff when you start to do a, an onerous task uh, is really uh, big. So I use uh, a Chrome extension called Stay Focused, S-T-A-Y-F-O-C-U-S-D, uh, that blocks that I can program to block certain sites, so I don't have the temptation to look at Facebook or look at Twitter when I'm heads down working, or to check my email or, or whatever. So um, you know, and then of course you want to look at the quiet hours feature in Windows 10 to make sure that you're limiting the notifications that are popping up, so those aren't distracting you. Overall, you want to minimize distractions, minimize scrolling and and moving the mouse and just maximizes the time that you're spending doing, uh, you know, thinking, composing, like, oh, i got to write this thing, i got to code this thing, whatever the work here is that you're doing that requires human intelligence versus doing robot work, like rolling your mouse across the screen. And it's, it's important to note that uh, Microsoft agrees with you so much that in the, uh, the update to Windows 10 that just released, Quiet Hours got renamed to Focus Assist specifically because um, it's all about staying focused while you're working, not just keeping your device from making noise at night. Yes. Now, I wish that Windows would actually do a little bit more in that area, like just blocking notifications from some apps or I guess most apps. Uh, is nice, but you know, it's. Sh I would I would like to see a more comprehensive focus assistance uh, from from built into the OS, like block block some websites for me, block you know block Windows from updating itself while I need focus assistance <laughs> uh, and rebooting, you know block uh, block noise unnecessary noises. Um, you know, um, one of the things that's extremely annoying is when you're trying to do work and then you have like random noise popping up in your computer. Yeah. Uh, uh, some folks know that I, uh, I mean, this is becoming sort of built into the, uh, built into the browser in some ways, but, um, some folks know that I actually have written a, a, a Chrome extension, which has which is available in the store and some people use called uh, Silent Site, which allows you to, you know, whitelist and blacklist uh, sites. And 
so that you know when you know you can make sure that websites aren't aren't randomly uh, playing noise, you know, making noise uh, in in background tabs or even in the foreground tab. I, I wish you could do that across. Forget the browser. I wish you could do that with. I wish you could have that with apps. I mean, mm-hmm. you sort of can. The volume control in Windows lets you open up and, and control stuff. But that's after things have already tried to play sounds. Like, you know, that's that's closing the barn door after the horse has run out. Like, you should have the ability to really just like, I mean, generally I, I use my computer with the sound off for this reason. But it would be good if, if the focus assist was would would do that for you yeah the the new focus assist in uh in 1803 is a lot more powerful in in what you can and cannot deal with than quiet hours ever was like you can you can for priority you can set certain apps to be priority and stuff like that and everything else gets turned off um, but yeah, it would be great if it also took care of other noises, like, you know, websites that just start playing noise all by themselves that aren't necessarily in an audio or a video tag. Cause if it's not in an audio or a video tag, it doesn't get handled by, uh, by the new Chrome auto mute, for example. Ah, well, that, that's good to know that my plugin is so useful because it, it it mutes everything by default. That is that is not how how the Chrome thing works. And uh, by the way, the Chrome one is screwing up uh, games because uh, most HTML5 games don't have a way to override it. So it's caused uh, it's caused some problems, and people have had to turn that capability off. Whereas your thing always asks. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I should probably update that. I kind of thought uh, this little inside baseball for the few of you who may have used my extension. I haven't updated in a while because I kind of thought the Chrome, the built-in Chrome feature was kind of making it was obviating uh, what it, what it did. But uh, there's desire out there. I'll, I'll try to find the time in my copious free time. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, any of us have that. Um, well. I I love I love this topic. We've talked about it a little bit in the past, but I always I always enjoy having uh, this com- this kind of conversation. Anything you can do to improve yourself or your work environment to make things better is always a good thing to talk about. If people want to see the whole list, where can they get it? Uh, go to the homepage at tomshardware.com and look in the top uh, top stories box on the top. You may have to the arrow to scroll over a little bit, but you will find it there. Well, fantastic. Well, uh, it was great getting our first Tom's hardware story and uh, definitely look forward to, to many more. Always a pleasure. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. 
all the gaming accessories you need to uh, up your experience, whether it be on PC or on console. Razer has got something for you. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're looking for a new mouse, like the one that we use here in the studio, or you're looking for one of the Chroma keyboards, or you're really getting into the, the Chroma space and you've got the Philips Hue lights all set to work together and now you're ready for speakers. They've got Chroma powered speakers as well. And right now, if you spend uh, $99, you'll get uh, the pouch for free. If you spend $129, uh, you'll get the giant gaming mouse pad um, using Battle 18 or Ground 18 as your promo codes. Uh, I don't know when those are good through, but they're good right now. So uh, check out all of the devices that they have and uh, see the details on those deals by going to f5live.tv slash razor. So we talked about it a little bit earlier uh, when we were doing the Microsoft promo. Uh, Microsoft has been taking some interesting wide swings lately with some of their products. Uh, you know, we've seen them surprisingly release an incredibly popular uh, email client and a better camera than Apple does for iPhone. In fact, both of them are rated on the iPhone higher than Apple's own software. Um, they've been working on, you know, improving Cortana by partnering with Amazon to make Cortana and Alexa uh, colleagues. They've they've really been doing some some kind of wide swings, and this week they've brought that that new energy to the gaming space with two very different and very interesting products. First is uh, what they're calling the Xbox Adaptive Controller, which is a very large and uh, at first glance very strange looking uh, controller. It's a little smaller than a standard uh, fighting stick for like uh, Street Fighter and stuff like that, but it has two giant um, instead of the analog sticks, it has two giant uh, like rocker pads. It's got a directional pad which is very large, and then the um, the physical buttons, including the menu buttons, are all very large on the pad. And the reason is that this is for uh, accessible gaming. People who can't necessarily hold a controller for one reason or another, um, either maybe they can't open their hand or maybe they don't have one. Uh, either way, you'd be able to use the rocker uh, without needing the dexterity of fingers. Um, but the thing that really makes it interesting is across the back of the controller are 19 um, eighth-inch headphone-looking jacks. And no, it's not because they're um, giving Apple crap for removing the headphone jack from the iPhone. It's, uh, it's because that's the standard for the open controls for accessible gaming. So, say you need to add um, um, uh, a breathing pipe type control like you see on some wheelchairs for somebody who has... Uh, no mobility, or maybe you need a large joystick or analog stick. Um, maybe you need a foot pedal. Uh, through those jacks on the back, 
you can add all of those to the Xbox experience, which is something that is new and very exciting um, for, for people who want to be able to game and want to be able to play games that are Xbox exclusive but haven't been able to for any number of physical reasons. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great that they're that they're providing other ways to use other ways to access the interface. I think it's great that they're looking at new ways to make to make it a, to make it available because not everybody is able to to interact with the default to use the default controllers, and you know they want to. I think you want to be able to expand. You know who can have access to to experience and who and and you know there may be people who who don't absolutely need it but do really want it sure i think i think it's a great uh, like change in focus um obviously microsoft has put a lot into the xbox platform uh in particular this last generation and they've been looking to make it a bigger platform, not even just necessarily for gaming. And it's good to see them circle back. And now, now that the footprint is really large, now let's go start looking for those places where we can, we can start helping gamers who can't currently use the platform. And I, I love this. And they've been working with accessory manufacturers uh, as well to add additional functionality all through uh, the the XAC, the, the adaptive controller. Um, they There was even uh, a Nintendo-looking uh, nunchuck controller that, uh, that was able to plug in through, through the adaptive controller. So bringing all kinds of new ways of holding a controller and interacting with the console. I think that's really cool, but it's not the only thing they've, they've been focusing on. They went way the other direction and um, they created an arcade cabinet, an incredible arcade cabinet. We'll talk about the details of the cabinet in a second, but they partnered with 343 Industries, which is of course an internal uh, Microsoft studio, to produce a new game called Halo Fireteam Raven. Um, you play the game as part of the ODST, and you fight right alongside Master Chief, so there's always the possibility you'll hear Cortana talking in there somewhere. Um, and the game plays somewhere between a traditional Halo game and a traditional arcade shooter. Uh, Unlike a traditional Halo game, you don't have a split screen. It's more like a, a traditional arcade shooter where it's just one thing and you fire at what you fire at. Um, but you're also playing in the Halo universe. And so here's the thing that's cool about the con the, the uh, cabinet. A 130-inch 4K screen with uh, four players. We've got wow. we've got a link in the article at plugkidslive.com um, that will take you to a video of the cabinet in action. And when you see this hardware, it is 
unbelievably beautiful. It's the kind of thing like the old, um, uh, the old turret game where you got like inside of a, a helmet and you spun around. It was like an early VR arcade game. I can't think of what it was called. Something beach. Um, it's, it's like that. When you see it from a distance, you'll be like, I have to see what that is and walk over to it. Cause it's an unbelievable piece of hardware. I can't wait to see one in action. So here's the question. Yes. Will, will, uh, Billy Mitchell find a way of driving up his high score. <laughs> Will he play it on his home computer? Oh God, <laughs> I was not prepared for that. <laughs> I almost play, spit out my drink. <laughs> will he play? Will he play uh, Halo on uh, Halo on his PC? And then, uh, you know, uh, oh. This is, I mean, there's not a lot of reasons to go to an arcade in, in 2018. So I think it's really fascinating that Microsoft has found a way to actually make the arcade uh, relevant. And we've started to see, like, a resurgence in interest in arcades, but not in the way that you and I remember. We've been seeing these barcades happen a lot. We had one in Orlando 20 years ago that was really popular. Um, but it was it was kind of the only one that I knew of. And now we've got a couple of them just in our area here in the Tampa, uh, Tampa area uh, that are a little bit bar, a little bit arcade and a lot of fun. Uh, when we were in uh, New Orleans for collision a couple of weeks ago, uh, we met up with with a friend who's moved out there and we went to one that was within walking distance of our hotel. <laughs> I mean that stuff is really fun to do with friends. Don't don't get me wrong. You know it's uh, I mean it's great to be able to to go out and actually like have the experience of being in a public place using the machines, uh, particularly if you're going were the ones you were going to primarily have it had did, did the one you went to have classic games primarily? The one in New Orleans, yes. Because uh, I mean you know we have many here in the New York area that are classic games, but then you've got like Dave and Buster's. Mm-hmm where it's more modern arcade games, which you wonder, are they just manufacturing them for Dave and Buster's at this point? Uh, and the other place where I see arcade games a fair amount is uh, when I take my son to things. So like Chuck E. Cheese sure. has a lot of arcade games, mm-hmm. but they don't have, I don't think they have anything as cool as Halo or the, I don't think they will, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like, kids. yeah, it doesn't seem like their market. <laughs> I mean, they they had some stuff that's surprisingly adult there. Don't get hmm. me wrong; they had things with guns where you shoot things. They okay. had like a really cool like Batmobile flying game where you're like in the chair with the steering wheel. I mean, oh. that's one thing that you really can get out of the arcade experience that is hard to get at home is mm-hmm. when you've got like a really particular type of cabinet, like one with a racing chair and a yeah. steering wheel. I mean, yes, you could create that at home, but it's a little bit difficult and expensive uh, to do that. So, I mean, the other thing that I think is, I think we're starting to see happen are, are places where you could go to, to use like an HTC Vive. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's prohibitive at home. Like, sure. You know. And, and I think like if, if we think back to the more classic arcade cabinets, um, they didn't necessarily, they like if you stay classic, they don't necessarily offer anything that is 
difficult to replicate. Um, right. Like an arcade fighter. Well, the arcade sticks became a, a USB connection on the the Xbox, and well, you're done. So the the idea of creating something that you can't have at home, something like um, you know the the cruise and Exotica and cruise and USA type games, the the Jurassic Park shooter that was really popular in the past. This game here, um, you know, replicating something that is prohibitive at home is really, I think, what will help bring the the desire to go to a place to game back. Yes. Yes, exactly. Because honestly, it's not, you know, there's not, a, I mean, it's nostalgia. You go out with friends, whatever, but yeah. there's not a lot of, uh, there's nothing that great about going out to use, particularly when it's so inexpensive to have a good, a good gaming console at home. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that exciting about going and playing a 2d game with it, uh, you know, on an arcade machine. But yeah, but you know, when you have something like this, like, wow, you really can't replicate it easily at home. Right. You, you and I aren't going to have a 130 inch screen with four hand controlled <laughs> ODST guns. <laughs> Yeah, probably in our not. living room. Probably not. So, I've always loved the gun games when I go to when I go to an arcade because that's something else that's really hard to replicate at yeah. home. Yeah, arcade shooters are totally different than than traditional first or third person uh, console or PC shooters. Um, I mean, the only the only real example that I can think of that was a, a consumer success that fit into that space was Duck Hunt. Right, exactly. and that was thirty five years ago. Right, exactly. They just they don't make a good situation for at home for yeah. doing that. Like you just can't. Now I believe there's a VR game, mm-hmm. uh, Arizona Sunshine, that gives you sort of. No, it doesn't even really give you the gun, right? It. Um, I st- I always think about like House of the Dead as like my uh, yes, as like the one of the, my favorite arcade games yes. because it just really. Like, is that experience that you can't really have so easily at home? Exactly. And this is that game in the Halo universe. Yeah. So I can't wait to see one of these. As you mentioned before, of course, Dave and Buster's is the place that's going to get it first. Um, because, of course, it is. Uh, they're the, the logical partner to release this hardware initially. And then uh, that'll be coming out this summer. So very soon you'll be able to see these in Dave and Buster's across uh, the U.S. and Canada. In fact, from what I understand, every Dave and Buster's across U.S. and Canada will have one of these cabinets. And then uh, after the initial launch, they will be available to other arcades, barcades, and maybe collectors, probably through traditional arcade cabinet distribution channels to be able to pick one up. I cannot wait for them to hit I'm going to go to a Dave and Buster's right away and see this thing in action because it sounds fascinating it sounds great this week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is probably powered by Rift Tracks make fun of movies or 
we'll let the professionals do it because it'll be a lot funnier. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies. From blockbusters to the house on Sorority Row, you can't make these things up. They've got a little bit of everything. The way it works is for a couple of bucks, you download the MP3, either on your PC or through your phone. Played along with your uh, with the movie on DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever it happens to be, and laugh. From time to time, they do uh, mix things up a little bit and do live events in movie theaters nationwide. The next Rift Tracks Live is Space Mutiny on June 14th. Uh, and to find out all of the theaters that you can watch Space Mutiny with us in, or to find out all of the movies and short films that are available, you can go to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. I always love the live events. I can't wait to do the next one. Anyway, let's talk about net neutrality. Uh, a little over a year ago, it was decided that the FCC would not be implementing uh, a series of guidelines that they had written um, and that they were handing the ball over to Congress, who is the organization in the United States who is responsible for actually passing laws. And um, this week, after 13 months of public uh, opinions and protests and all kinds of things, um, the Senate passed a resolution, which was, they took the easy way out, which is okay. They took the guidelines that had originally been written, uh, drafted within the FCC and, uh, passed them directly as, as is, which is okay because I think as they were written, uh, they protected what they were trying to protect. Now it has to go to the house, uh, and then it has to be signed by the president. But uh, the House, in particular the House Democrats, seem very uh, interested in at least calling for a vote. Uh, just because it does not necessarily pass the first time does not mean that it is complete. Um, the Senate or the House could alter the guidelines in law and not just uh, codify what was already written. And with a thing like this, they tend to go back and forth a little bit until they agree on something. Um, but it did not, the Senate did not vote a hundred percent down party lines, obviously, since, uh, the Democrats don't own, don't control the Senate. Um, and it passed anyway. So it was 52 47. So there is definitely a growing support even, uh, within Congress to have this happen. So that is definitely a good thing for um, net neutrality supporters. You may remember a year ago when we first talked about this, I said that I was in a very strange uh, minority who believed in net neutrality and was happy that the FCC was not trying to take control. Um, this is the way it's supposed to happen. And I'm very happy that it has uh, uh. two more steps. Yes, I'm. I'm a little more pessimistic, though. I mean, it's it's great that. Um, listen, it's great that the uh, that it passed one House of Congress, just barely, I might add, uh, a fifty-two by only fifty-two votes. 
but the balance of the House of Representatives is much um, different. Is much different. And let's just let's just for a second say that it gets past the House of Representatives, which I don't think it will. But let's say that it does. Remember that the FCC that the FCC uh, that the president is the one who appointed the head of the FCC, who got rid of net neutrality. So, like you would have to basically be able to override uh, override the veto, which are that takes a, a two third majority two third majority in Congress. That is exceedingly unlikely. Look, it, I mean, they didn't, they didn't get the two thirds in, in in the Senate. So, uh, so I I think that while this is a nice symbolic victory that it passed uh, one house of Congress. I don't think it's going any, any further than this, uh, which means that what is it as of next month, uh, that neutrality will no longer be the law of the land. And we will start to see exactly how companies, uh, internet service providers use that new freedom, freedom of theirs to, impose restrictions on the free flow of information uh you know it's i my guess is that they won't do anything too radical at first because they don't want to be you know caught proving every the critics right but i think it'll slowly ramp up and you will see things like favoritism of different uh, different websites and different service providers. You will see, I mean, people are very concerned about uh, the ISP charging you more for your usage, but I'm more concerned about the ISP trying to effectively get kickbacks from content providers. Uh -huh. Like, it's terrible, obviously, if my ISP wants to charge me more money. I mean, I don't want to give them more money, but, but here's the thing, right? Like, if Right now, they're entitled to put data caps on my data. There's no, net neutrality does not prevent them from raising my rates or putting data caps on my data. Right. Net neutrality only prevents them from discriminating against different types of traffic. Right. And by the way, only wire, only wired internet, wireless internet has, has never been covered by this, right? Right. So, so now, your ISP could decide, your ISP, let's say, could be Comcast, and Comcast owns NBC, and uh, NBC is a partner in, in Hulu, is it? Is it not? So, mm -hmm. like, maybe Comcast sees, uh, maybe Comcast sees uh, CBS Access Online, CBS All Access as a, uh, as a competitor, yeah. as a threat, maybe will significantly slow down or I don't know, maybe even stop people from being able to watch, uh, to watch Star Trek Discovery because we're Comcast and we, and CBS is a competitor or maybe we will want to charge, uh, other sites like Netflix, uh, and like Netflix and Amazon prime video, all uh, extra money to to be viewed by our by our subscribers. Right. Well, wait. Well, wait a second. So now, don't feel sorry for Amazon and Netflix. Like, yes, they they may raise your rate, but they're 
they're probably not going anywhere. They've got money. But how about how about small and medium sized websites? How about you know how about how about what if they decide that they don't like what I'm saying on my website? So they just block it. Like if I'm Comcast if I'm the cable company, why don't I wanna don't I wanna block people's ability to sign to use my website to sign up? To use my web service to sign up for the competition like or or maybe to post on comcastsucks.com right so many things so many things maybe they want to stop you from reading articles about net neutrality right you know which that's is how far it could go which is uh, what uh the chinese government does yeah maybe they want you know we are putting in the hands of private companies something that uh, dictatorships and other, you know, totalitarian regimes and other places do as a matter of course. Decide what you can and can't see. Now, obviously, the 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 rebuttal to this is, well, if I don't like what my ISP is doing, I can just leave and get another ISP. Nobody's forcing you to use that ISP. Oh, really? How many people in America have a choice? Uh, have have a lot of choices of ISP. Yeah. How many people how many how many people are locked? I only have one choice where I am. So you have the the typical person has household has one or two choices. Right. And if you only have two choices, there's a good chance that both of them are going to be doing this. So like it's like saying if you don't like that airlines are charging baggage fees, you should you should pick a different airline. Name an airline that's not charging baggage fees. Southwest. Okay, there's one. It's the only one. But not flying, but not flying everywhere you want to go. Right. It's not the, available it's to everyone. It's the only one I know. Right. Not not available to everyone. So like, you know, it's the fact is when one business starts doing something, the other businesses follow suit. Right. Absolutely. So when one airline starts charging for baggage, most of them will start charging for baggage. When one ISP starts blocking sites or charging extra to charging extra for things or whatever, I guarantee you their competitors will do the same thing. Now to be to play devil's advocate, the last time in the, the eight years between the expiration of the the actual net neutrality laws and the uh, implementation of the guidelines under the FCC, uh, which are not as uh, big as the actual law was uh, dating back 10 or 12 years. Uh, we did have the largest growth in selection of ISPs. Yes, from one to two. <laughs> um, we had you know, it, in our area here, we had all kinds of small players that, uh, that came up and and challenged the big guys and then they all went away a couple of years ago well it's a hard business to challenge somebody in yeah. because ultimately you're going to have to pay for somebody else's infrastructure right i mean like mm -hmm. there's only so many uh companies that have the rights of way and the money to like lay cable right I and mean, only only so many places have have backbone access Right. So like you're, you know, so if you're a small ISP, what you're doing is you're probably renting, 
that capacity from somebody and they can impose their restrictions on it too. Could so, be. you know, ultimately this is why there's such a thing as public utility laws because mm -hmm. we cannot have 20 different electric companies competing for your house. We cannot have a whole slew of different water companies competing to give your water. There's just not enough pipe in the world right. to do it. So therefore we have to be the fact that these utilities have a monopoly basically are close to monopoly means that they can't be allowed to just do whatever they want because there's otherwise there's nobody to stop them. Absolutely. And to be fair, that's where the federal trade commission comes in. But yes, I, there's, there's obviously a lot of, a lot of potential for, for abuse here. There's also under certain circumstances, possible possibility for growth. We don't know, you know, we don't know what will happen this time compared to last time. Obviously our reliance on data today is very different than it was even, uh, three years ago when, uh, when the the guidelines were first originally drafted, uh, so uh, let alone a decade ago when the when the law expired, uh, my ho I hope that they will find a ground uh, somewhere. Obviously, uh, Republicans jumped jumped party on this vote. Maybe the House, who who feels confident, maybe the House will be able to pull uh, more their direction or be able to find a middle ground uh, through which they can get something through. Maybe maybe the FCC's guidelines as they are aren't codified, but maybe something else is. We'll know probably in the short term because like you said, um, June 11th is the, uh, the date that the FCC gave Congress to act. So hopefully they will they will fight it out pretty quickly. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know the features, the basic feature. You know you get free shipping sometimes same day, but there's a lot more to it. There's uh, Amazon Prime Music where you can stream a couple of million tracks uh, for free. There's Prime Video with movies and TV and uh, original content all available as part of your plan. And my new favorite feature is Twitch Prime. You can get one free subscription uh, to a channel on Twitch, uh, which you could use to subscribe to us if you would like to. Uh, and for me, the thing that has been exciting has been the free games that you get through Twitch Prime. Um, this week, I played one of the the uh, Twitch Prime free games. It is one of my all-time favorite games, Psychonauts is available for free right now and there's a number of other games as well you can find out all of the features that come with an amazon prime subscription uh, including whole foods and all of that stuff and if you're not already a subscriber you can get a 30-day free trial all by going to f5live.tv slash prime
I was so excited when I saw Psychonauts show up <laughs> on Twitch Prime. I downloaded it that day. Anyway, um, let's talk about uh, YouTube. We've talked about YouTube a lot, especially over the last, let's say, year, right? There's been, it seems like every couple of weeks they step in something weird, whether it be advertising issues or the collection of children's browsing history, stricter guidelines on content, or what was recently a bit of a creator exodus from the platform. They seem to constantly be making headlines for the wrong reason. As these problems happen, obviously that means that revenue is going to be a problem for the company. Um, and so they have tried to work out a way to generate uh, some subscription revenue and they have done some rebranding. They have created some new services and all of them are confusing. So obviously Avram and I are here to try and break down some of these new things for you. Um, they have had, or now, they created two new paid tiers, uh, YouTube Music and YouTube Premium. And when you combine that with Google Play Music All Access, the company has three subscription services for uh, music streaming. Plus, when you add in YouTube Red, um, which is another paid plan for YouTube, they have four different ways of paying for basically the same content across YouTube. On the 22nd, which as of the broadcast right now is in two days, uh, these new plans will go into effect. And here's what you're going to see. Google Play Music All Access. As it stands today, $10 a month. And with it, you get... Um, a free subscription to YouTube Music, which is a pretty good deal. You get unlimited streaming of, of music through Google Play Music um, and through the YouTube Music app. Um, so uh, it used to be that you got YouTube Red. As of Tuesday, you'll get uh, YouTube Music. Either way, you get two services for $10 a month which is pretty good when you take in consideration that YouTube Music, which is one of the new plans, is $10 a month. It gives you ad-free music and music videos, which is kind of a cool capability uh, for that same $10 a month, but it does not look like they will give you the other service if you subscribe the other way. So maybe go subscribe for Google Play Music All Access today and get both services for the same price. Just my guess. Uh, YouTube Red which has been around since 2015. It's been uh, billed primarily as an ad-free subscription service for YouTube, kind of like the extra $4 on Hulu where you don't get ads anymore. That will be going away on Tuesday and will instead be replaced by YouTube Premium. However, YouTube Premium is going to be $12 a month. If you're subscribed to YouTube Red right now, which is $10 a month, you will continue to get that price for an undetermined amount of time. So if you're wanting to sign up for YouTube Premium, I would do it tonight and keep that $10 price instead of the $12 price that goes into effect on Tuesday, which will include 
um, all of the features of YouTube Red, which include the ad-free browsing experience, the um, the unique content, and will add um, YouTube Music as well. So for twelve dollars, you get everything that you used to get for ten, and you get YouTube Music, which is also ten for that twelve. So. Let's put it this way. If you're a big YouTube fan and you spend a lot of time on YouTube, the $12 will get rid of the ads, get you access to that exclusive content, and give you access to YouTube music for music videos and music for $12. If that ad-free and exclusive content isn't the thing you're interested in for that same $10, uh, Spotify or Apple Music will give you way more music. So the YouTube Music plan, not yet a great deal. It might get there, but today both Spotify and Apple Music offer more music for that $10. So if it were me, I'd go that way. Um, but if you're a big YouTube user, YouTube Premium or YouTube Red um, today versus Tuesday, uh, pretty good deal. Anyway, then. yeah, I mean, I, it's hard for me to get excited about paying for YouTube. Uh -huh. I mean, I know, I know it's, it's a convenience, um, but it's hard for me to get excited about Like there's just so many subscription services yeah. that you end up paying for. It's just getting to be too many little, too many little charges on the credit card every month. Totally agree. Eat, eating away. So it's like, oh, you mean you gotta like watch a uh, watch a commercial for fifteen seconds? Okay, I'll I'll deal with that. You know, like totally agree. Um, you know, I mean, you gotta pay for things that you just cannot get cannot get elsewhere, right? Right. That you really gotta have. So like, you know, yes, I paid for CBS All Access while. Star Trek Discovery was on the air because I really wanted to see that. You know, of course, yeah. once once it was over, I canceled. But if they come back again, whenever they come back again, I'll resubscribe. You know, Netflix, I got to give them some props. Like, for the longest time, I really was thinking of getting rid of Netflix. I didn't watch that much Netflix stuff on Netflix. The, the um, you know, archive, the archival movies it never seems like they have the movie that you want uh-huh uh you know but but of late the last several months it seems like a couple of times a month now they have original series that i want to watch yeah it's enough that if i'm using it if i'm and then my son there's a lot of really high quality kid stuff that they're producing now yeah there is like the, they really like turned the volume up to eleven on kids programming, uh, so you know like it's as far as like an original content provider, it's like a lot better that it's way better. I, I know some will disagree with me than like HBO. Like you're paying your, you know, if you're paying extra for HBO, either for HBO uh, Go or for part of your. Um, part of your extra for your cable package like you know sorry i mean i guess you get you get you get your game of thrones in your Westworld, but i don't really find that like beyond that a couple of shows hbo is really giving me a lot but netflix gives you a lot but youtube 
I mean, most of the things that I consume on YouTube are free user uploaded content. Right. So, okay. So yeah, occasionally I have to watch. So I have to watch a, a short video before I'll, I'll handle it. Yeah. And you know, it really comes down to, um, to your priorities and the kinds of things that you watch the stuff, the, the YouTube red original content that's blocked behind the paywall I have yet to see something in there that I cared about. I mean, they they just premiered um, a Karate Kid twenty yes, years later. Yes, Cobra Cobra Kai. Yeah, right. And so, yes, okay, that's what you want to pay for, right? You want to see more karate, more Karate Kid. It's like okay, so so the original content is starting to get more interesting. At least you know it's not it's not the traditional YouTube stars doing their normal thing just now behind the paywall, which I don't care about. That's never been my thing. You know, a, a 22 year old playing pranks on their friends or you know what the Logan Paul in the suicide forest, you know, that kind of thing has never been my thing. So for me, YouTube is not a priority, but when I hear Kimmy Schmidt's coming back on the 30th, you know, Netflix is a priority for me, but right. for somebody else, it may be the other way around. They may not care about Kimmy Schmidt or Stranger Things, but might be really excited about whoever replaces Logan Paul, since I don't think he's yes. allowed to create content anymore. Yes, yes. Yes. So, well, thankfully, no more. Thankfully, hopefully, there won't be more Logan Paul. I mean, I find YouTube is very useful for very particular things. Right. And it's yes. not like it's very useful for like finding information like you need help with something. Yeah. Like tutorials, video course. game walkthroughs, well, video game walkthroughs. I use it a lot. Um, you know, my son is very obsessed with watching like watching like reviews of things. OK. That he doesn't have like, <laughs> can we see a video of this? I was like, why? You've seen like three videos of this of this toy, like you know. So like, you know, he's so funny. Those are those are things that those are, and he also believes that everything probably exists on YouTube in some format too, uh -huh. like like some mishmash. He's like, well, I want you to find me a video of somebody combining Legos with their Wowie Koji robot or something. Like I'm like, I don't think anyone's done that, you know. It's like. Why not? You know, so it's, uh, but yeah, you know, that's great. I, I mean, I guess if there was no other way to see that content and I didn't have to like watch commercial first, I just couldn't see it that, that I might, I might be incented to pay just because it, I use it. So I use it a lot. I guess YouTube is something you use a lot and value little. Uh-huh. That's that's definitely my my view on it. You know, I I certainly do use it a lot. Like if it went away, if it went away, if it was blocked off by a paywall entirely, I you know I might be like mm, I kind of miss this content. But I bet you somebody else would pop up to do it if, uh -huh. if they paywalled everything. Oh, so yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that the that the free market would take care of that real quick. Yes. That would you be know, YouTube so, shooting themselves in the foot. <laughs> right. So, 
I had not thought about Wowie as a brand in a while until you just said their name. I I used to sell a lot of their products when I was in retail, and it's fascinating to see how many of the products that we sold years ago are still on here in upgraded versions. Yeah, he he. This is a long story short. He got for his birthday. We took him to Toys R Us, and one toy that he saw that he thought would be really cool was this robot called the Koji, uh-huh. which is basically a rolling around robot that puts emojis on its face. And he thought it was like the coolest thing, even though we got him like a much better robot. Like we got him a uh, a uh, Wonder Workshop like uh, Dash, mm-hmm. which is like you know like five times the price and can do like 10 times as much, but he liked it because it has a little screen on it. So like, fair enough, you know? Yeah. So can you say he's learned about companies now? So he keeps imagining what the company will do. He's like, maybe Wowie will come out with another robot that lets you do this. Like he could do like, he, he could do, he could do R and D for anybody. He could do focus group development. <laughs> oh, he is a fascinating kid. the The Elmo version ver, version of the Koji is kind of terrifying. I'm sure it is. It, it's I'm sure it is. scaring me. That one. I can't look at it anymore. Anyway, um, yeah. So I guess if if YouTube's a big priority for you and the the stuff that they hide behind the former uh, YouTube Red paywall uh, is important. Sign up for YouTube Red tonight or tomorrow before the 22nd and save that $2 a month. And then you'll get the YouTube music uh, included, which is a pretty good deal. Because uh, if you're going to listen to, like, if you're going to stream music anyway and the catalog isn't 100% your focus, then the $10 a month that you might spend with Spotify or Apple Music might be better spent on something like YouTube Red where you get to also get rid of the ads on YouTube if that's something that's important to you. But like Avram and I said, that's that's not our priority, but maybe it is for you. If it is, sign up now before it goes up $2 uh, a month in, uh, like, what, 26 hours. And that is our show. Thank you to those of you who have joined us live. I've seen people uh, in and out of the chat rooms this evening. Thank you, as always, for joining us live. If you would like to do that, you can do that Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern by going to f5live.tv slash join us. If you would prefer to subscribe to our series, you can do that at ployketslive.com slash subscribe. There you will see both of our shows, both F5 Live and The Pilch Point, as well as Um, a whole collection of other series um, including our special events feed which is about to go crazy with uh, three different events that we've had back to back and then uh, first looks where the Orlando Regional still has not been published because it takes a lot of time to write and we've been busy with other events so lots of content coming your way Um, we also published a couple of reviews uh, one on Thursday uh, I think one either tonight or tomorrow morning and then uh, another one on Tuesday. We've got a lot of new product reviews. So check all of that out at plugitslive.com. And I suppose uh, with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we will see you guys back next week. 
Ciao. Ciao. Yeah.